for coming and sitting down and having a chat with me. Absolutely. If anyone doesn't know who I'm talking to right now, this is Eric Gillette, who you probably know from the Neil Morse band out of anything else, but he does all kinds of other stuff as well. So how are the tours that you guys just did? Oh, they're great. Well, so we did the U.S. tour and I leave for Europe here in uh, about a month, I oh, guess. Nice. It's just awesome to get out and play. It's felt like it's been forever. I mean, we did um, in 2020, we did a Morse Fest, uh, virtual Morse, Morse Fest in Nashville. Still awesome to play, but not quite the same to only have like 30 people because <laughs> we were very limited, obviously, on how many we could have. But uh, yeah, playing actual shows with actual audiences was pretty awesome so yeah it seems like at least as far as the couple of shows that i've done recently is like people are super into it you know it's yeah like, more than more than before it yeah seems. yeah definitely it's like wow yeah music again like i've only gotten to go to a couple shows i missed you guys when you came through because i'm just north of seattle yeah. just north of seattle okay. gotcha so um i have small children so <laughs> the amount of concerts i get to go to is same here very limited especially when i play a lot too so it's like Right. I can't really justify going to too many concerts, but I've caught you guys here a couple times before, but I, I missed it this time. Um, I'm I'm sure the crowd was great, though. It was awesome. Yeah. Where do you usually play in Seattle? Uh, last two times have been the uh, the Triple Door. Yeah, the Triple Door is great. Yeah, great venue. So where are you heading in Europe? Uh, I think all over. I've only like glanced at it, but you know the usual yeah. hot spots. And everything yeah. is pretty much open there now. As far as I know, I haven't heard anything otherwise. So, yeah. I know like can That's, like Canada's been weird too. Did you go to Canada this last? We time had to, we pulled those dates because at the time the border was closed. Okay. When we actually would have been playing there, it would have been opened. Yeah, but you know you got to plan ahead, and there's <laughs> money on the line and all that. So it's at some yeah, point you and you just, never know. It's like things get pushed back so much. I'm sure. You, didn't your tour actually get pushed back originally? Yeah. From something yep. Else? We. I think we originated, we uh, originally had it for, uh, shoot, what was it, October, I think? Something like that. Okay. And we just decided to wait a little bit longer. Just to be which sure. Probably, probably was a good idea, but. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, you don't want to tour with limited capacity for venues or like. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of ruins the whole experience. Yeah, I for mean, everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So if anyone who watches my channel doesn't know, um, I actually auditioned for the Neil Morse band was it, 10 years ago now. Oh, um, that's hard. Think, that is crazy. <laughs> I was just thinking about it recently. I was like, really? 10 years? It's, if, wow. But Yeah, that's insane. But how was that experience for you? When you... It was awesome. I mean, uh, I mean, the usual, like, actually maybe more than... More than a usual audition, probably a little more nerve wracking now, yeah, that, you yeah. know, knowing who Neil was and being a fan and all that. Uh, so there was that aspect, but then the, I think the excitement of the possibility over, outweighed that kind of nervousness. Cause for me, it was like, I was kind of stuck doing country stuff, playing. I was living in Dallas where I was born and raised and there's not a, you know, a big prog scene down there or, you know, in a lot. As, as it is in lots of places, but uh, so the the gigs that were around and available and that paid were like bar country music gigs, cover gigs, three 45 minute set type things. And so I was kind of stuck doing that. And obviously that's for someone that's super into this kind of music, it wasn't very fulfilling at all. So 
I was just sitting around one day and like, it was very weird. Cause I just, I had, I was sitting on my couch and I thought like, Oh, I remember that Neil Morse guy. I wonder what he's up to. So I just like looked him up on Twitter. And then like his last post was that post saying he's having open auditions for his solo band. And I mean, it was just instantaneous in my mind. I was like, I'm doing that. So then it was just a matter of, you know, learning the stuff, which wasn't super easy. And then, uh, yeah, just hoping for the best. And so you auditioned on keyboard as well, right? I did. I was driving in my car, listening to the the music, trying to like most of my learning, like mentally learning music I do in my car or while traveling or something. Um, Cause I like to get every, like the music in my head before I sit down and try to like start learning stuff used to, I would try to start learning stuff like as I'm listening to it. And it's like, I don't even know what's coming next. Why am I trying to like figure it out? So I try to like internalize the music, but I was doing that. And I just thought, um, I think it was the bit of creation. There's lots of cool key stuff in that. And I think the part of me was just like, that sounds fun to play on keys. And then I was like, Oh, well, what if I, you know, you're always trying to look for a way to like stand out or, or just, just to let them know what you can do yeah. if needed. Um, and I'm glad I did, but uh, I mean, yeah, because it's one thing to go to the audition and be like, oh, yeah, I play some keys too, or just like throwing it out there and letting them see it. So I just decided to do that 12-minute, I think it was like 12-minute long excerpt on keys. And yeah, it was it was a lot of work. It was interesting, uh, fun experience. I'm sure that probably... Um was something they they saw and thought about. Now, have you actually ever played keys in the Neil Morse band live? Yeah, so in that in that first kind of iteration of his solo band where Adson was on guitar and then I was on guitar and keys, utility, doing a okay. bunch of the uh high uh background vocals and all that. Yeah, so yeah. I did play my fair share of keys on that on his momentum tour that okay. we did. So yeah, I got I got to actually utilize some of that, which was good and fun. Yeah. Well, I think anything you can do to stand out in an audition yeah. experience is good. Yeah, I remember, I mean, I was super nervous too. It was the same, and pretty much the same deal. It's like, I live somewhere where there's no prog really yeah. scene. I, mean, I don't know if there's really a prog scene in a specific place. <laughs> That's probably right, not something true. that exists. It's kind of like spread out. But um, someone mm-hmm. like sent me like, hey, Neil Morris is doing auditions. It's like, oh, sweet. You know, um, I, I remember being very nervous as well, but I think... I feel like Neil was such a just such a nice and warm person that once yeah. I got there, the nerves kind of went away at least to a certain extent. You never know with a like professional audition, like you hear horror stories about like how serious it is or whatever, and it's like, but that was not my experience at all. Anyway, it felt very comfortable once I kind of got awesome. into it. But, so you do a lot of singing too with mm-hmm. Neil Morris, and is that is that something you've been always been into, like working on? Yeah, not. Not really. Uh, I mean, I've always been able to carry a tune. And like, I mean, actually, I think I started piano at the age of four. And the reason I did that was because um, one of my parents' friends, I was walking around humming at like the age of four and she heard me and she realized that I was like humming on on key or whatever I was singing was like in key with itself, whatever, whatever you want to call that. And she was like, you should probably get him in some sort of lessons. So I did piano. And then from then on, I picked a bunch bunch of instruments up. But I didn't really do a lot of singing, at least definitely not anything like by myself 
or performance wise that that wouldn't have not my cup of tea back mm-hmm. then <laughs> still even to this day like if i didn't have a guitar on my neck i'd probably be a little freaked out yeah but, um it's like my little comfort <laughs> comfort zone but uh later kind of when i started doing those that country stuff there's always you know some need for some background vocals so i would jump in and and just the more i did it the more comfortable i got and kind of like you got to kind of find your voice literally i mean like (laughs) you kind of like explore and figure out what you can do where your limitations are where your strengths are and just the more i did it the more i just kind of figured out what what i'm good at and what i suck at and yeah and kind of you know try to get better at those things I suck at, but so did you yeah, have, it's, it's definitely one of those things. The more I, the more you do, the better you get with, with most things, but definitely with singing. I feel like the voice, like, the voice is so like it's personal and it feels so much more vulnerable, at least to me mm-hmm. than playing guitar. Um, it might be cause I'm not like, I haven't focused just on singing like a lot of people yeah. do. Um, did you ever think that you'd be singing lead as much as you do? And then you no, 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 not, not if you had told me that when I was 16 in my room playing Metallica songs, I wouldn't have, I would have said, nah, <laughs> but it is, it's awesome. It is a little more uh, terrifying is not the right word, but like in a tour, in a touring sense, it's far more nerve wracking because like if you, let's say you have, you know, a bad cold or something, you can get through a, a gig on guitar. Yeah, if yeah. you're, if you're, lead singing lots of stuff you're kind of screwed so there's that whole other aspect of like staying healthy and keeping your voice in shape and uh so that's a little more nerve-wracking but you know the only the only thing i found that helps me with that is like an extreme amount of sleeping which not a bad thing especially having two kids at home like i sleep in my uh coffin as i call it my bunk on the bus for as long as i can Oh yeah, when you're away from the kids, that's when you can actually sleep. That's the only can't time, sleep yeah. at home. This <laughs> that's oh. not happening. <laughs> I hear my kids banging around above me right now. Yeah, I think singing. It's the same kind of thing for me with singing. Was like I've always sung background, but never really mm-hmm. done lead too much. And if I don't have a guitar, like I feel super <laughs> uncomfortable yeah, sure. having, <laughs> having to sing. But you actually sing like a lot of the like big moments in the Neil Moore songs in the albums. Yeah. How did that come about? Was it just like they heard you, Neil heard you singing like, Hey, try this out. I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, they knew I had a high, I mean, Bill has a high register too. Um, which he, he does do some of the big moments too. And it just kind of depends on where, on where it's at. And sometimes like when we're, when we write, you know, we kind of, we'll kind of rough it rough it in i mean like into pro tools like the demo version while we're all together and when we come back to our own studios to do vocals and all that stuff there's sometimes we'll like me and bill both will sing the same part and then just kind of see how it feels and then sometimes it's pretty apparent who it feels better with sometimes it's just where it sits you know in the register on that person but uh yeah i don't know i feel like most of the times it's just like too high it's too high for Neil, so okay. he's like, someone else has to sing it. Yeah, that's um, true. I guess he doesn't have like the highest voice. No, and I, I wouldn't have said I did years ago, but I think it's one of those things I've kind of figured out where my voice fits and how to make it do certain things. Yeah, and, you got to stretch your range, and yeah, and like, I, you know, you can get at least for me, you get to a certain point. And I'm like, I don't know if I could go any higher. Then there's of course some people. It's just crazy how <laughs> yeah, I can sing. 
so what's the actual sort of writing process for the Neil Morse band? Do you all just kind of get together and write all together or do people bring full songs in ahead of time? We've, we've done We've done both. It always we always are in the same room writing together, which is so cool. That's really and cool, yeah. like the old school type. Um, we have Jerry, our engineer, in the room, and he's you know he's ready with the click and all that. And and if inspiration strikes, we'll you know track it live. And so it's cool. Um, I will say on that front, having done a few records like that, like Neil has, he he releases so much like stuff for his inner circle that. I'm I'm aware of that when we're tracking our demos <laughs> even and I'm like he this is probably going to get released so I need to even play does he like but release I, does he put out the sessions from the actual like writing process and stuff to the inner circle um he'll just just like a Snippets. rough mix down okay. of it yeah not yeah, the raw yeah. I mean they're pretty raw yeah, but, yeah but anyways uh yeah so on the we've done it where people bring in full kind of ideas but even then you have to be willing and okay to have it like completely just mutilated yeah yeah some some of the stuff uh like i think a lot of the bits from the call from our first album were a lot of bits from a song of bills and it's like if you listen to his original demo some of it's probably not even recognizable but um and on this last record very minimal ideas neil didn't bring in anything and i think it was kind of on purpose um and it was cool because so much of it happened in the room and organically. And I think uh, I I brought a couple little like voice note ideas. I didn't want to spend too much time, especially not spending so much time when you know, you know, I don't want to take like three days demoing all this stuff that's just going to get chopped up. So really, I've learned, you know, just bringing in a theme or a chord progression or a melody is, is really what is the most helpful because then someone else tries different chords and all that and all, it becomes a whole a whole thing. Yeah, because so. when you write music, especially if you live with it for a while, it becomes so personal to you. And Demo <laughs> love. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, even if it's something good, if you bring it to a band situation, it's like you have to be willing to let go of certain things and that's hard to yeah. do, you know? Like it took me a long time to be okay with that because they're like, oh, I love this thing so much. But, um, yeah. you know, and that's why... That's why it's kind of fun sometimes to write solo too, because then like mm. you can do whatever you want. Whatever you want. But also having other people to help edit you is a good, is a good thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Now you have some solo albums as well. Right? I do. Uh, it's hard to believe my last one was 2016, I oh, believe. Okay. So it's I'm due for one, but you know, it's a lot of work. Do, it is a lot of work, and it's not work that. Uh, you know, I do a lot of session work. I do a lot of mixing work. And so I really, I, ha I have to kind of block off time for myself yeah. in order to, to do that. Otherwise it's like, you got to turn down other work and all that. And it's not work that, you know, like it doesn't bring you any money immediately. It's usually all, it's usually months and months, if if not longer of work. If, if ever. <laughs> then you, yeah. If, if you ever even get it done and then, then releasing it and then seeing you know, if anyone's even interested. So it's, it's a big commitment, but I'm definitely, it's, it's something I've, I've said I wanted to do the past couple of years, but this year I'm, I'm really going to try to, at least after tour to try to block off some time and go, yeah. get started. Now, do you, is it mostly instrumental? I've listened to some. Uh, my first some? one is kind of half, maybe more, more than half instrumental. Okay. Second one uh, is all, every song's a vocal song. Okay. So that was kind of, 
something I that was a direction I wanted to take it in a little more vocal oriented and I mean it definitely has its instrumental moments but um yeah I don't know what the next one would be I kind of I don't I wouldn't put any stipulations on it I would just yeah. write and see what comes out it's just best to just go for it and do whatever yeah. feels right at the time I mean if you, you can like think about it and plan ahead but I don't know in, in my experience whatever is kind of coming out of you naturally at the time is is probably what's going to be best anyway yeah at least sure. it'll feel more authentic to to where you are more organic yeah. yeah yeah and I think I think at least for myself too and it seems like you as well that I, I kind of prefer to write for vocals I don't know there's just something about yeah. it that feels like you have more kind of emotional range to explore um for sure yeah. I end up writing instrumental because I just it's easier <laughs> a lot of times but um can be for sure yeah so you said you do a lot of producing and mixing do you have like a do you actually have a studio where you're at where you, you can record people yeah I'm I'm in it right now and it's it's luckily it's only 10 minutes from my house so it's okay nice and it's kind of out here and on like three acres and we have lodging upstairs so like sleep four people comfortably oh, nice. So it's nice i can have bands come in and, and stay they don't have to worry about hotels and all that and actually this month was pretty busy i had two uh two groups come down and stay and uh do some mixing and yeah it's cool to do it remotely but it's nice to have the option to have people come and do it in person and and it's cool that and i'm also thinking i've i've done two um master classes in the past and so i'm thinking about doing one in august again or two depending on so i have like four people at a time come for a week and um master class in this in the sense of like everything from like we're talking about getting an initial idea turning it into a demo to all the way through like mixing mastering okay. final products so um it's a lot of fun and yeah, I, I, we did two of those. I think that was back in 2018 or something like that. So it's been a long time. Nice. But uh, so have you always done the production thing too, along with playing? I have. Um, you know, I started with a Tascam four-track cassette recorder that I, that I still have actually. Um, and I was always messing with that and got another tape machine. I would bounce those four down, bring it back in, and get three more tracks until it just <laughs> sounded awful. And um, I. I even remember I didn't have any, those, those things are line inputs. I believe there's not even mic pre's. Okay. So I ended up rigging up, I had a uh, camera that had a stereo microphone and I would take the camera and use the audio out of it into, uh, the task cam for my drum stereo mic. Cause I didn't even <laughs> have drum mics. It was awful, but yeah, I was always kind of recording and, um, and then after high school, I went to, a junior college close by that had a recording slash commercial music. Commercial music's funny because I don't do anything remotely commercial, really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was fun to do. You know, I had theory classes and composition classes and all that, which were super great for me because I knew I kind of knew that stuff, but I didn't really dive that deep in it until college, which was good for me. Um, so yeah, I've always kind of been doing that and. Um, yeah, just kind of learned as I went on top of going to school, which was cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I really wish that I had done the same thing earlier. Cause when I went to music school, I kind of did like a traditional musical school thing and I, you know, I learned mm -hmm. how to play and learn all the theory and all that. But like, I, I would recommend to anyone now, like if they're 
thinking about going to music school, but also doing some sort of music production training right. of some kind, because like, it doesn't matter how at this point in 2022, how well you can play if you can't like record yourself properly or video yeah. yourself. Like that's such a, and I look back like on my audition tape for Neil Morrison, it just looks terrible. Cause I didn't know anything about like, about no, anything. I'm too. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it's, it's one I'm, of those things like it, you think being a musician is just being a musician, right? Just playing your instrument, like learning how to play instrument. But honestly, that's very little of what I do anymore. And probably the same for you. Oh like, gosh. I spend so much more time not playing yeah. music and not, that's not always an, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm never going to, but... yeah, it's, it's, I'm never going to be complaining that I have other types of work, but yeah, it's, it's almost like you have to do, you have to wear so many hats these days. Um, like you're talking about learning how to video and like record, make it sound good, sync those together, social media, like, and if, if you're independent and don't have like a team of people doing that for you, like you have to figure out how to do yeah. it all. And it's, it is a lot. And sometimes, like I'm saying, you can, you spend so much time doing the other stuff that sometimes it, you can be a little like, get a little bummed out. Like I just, there's times where I just like, I just want to play and be creative and, and it's like, I got to do all these other things first. feels like I'm doing data entry or something, <laughs> but, uh, it's a good problem to have, but yeah. And, and like doing other things is fun. Like, I don't necessarily want to sit down and play guitar for like six hours a day, but like there's sometimes where I wish I could just like play for a while and not yeah. have to like do much other stuff. And then of course having children and you know, just life in general yeah. gets in the way of all that. Definitely. Um, that's why I recommend to, to, to people if they're younger like practice as much as you can when you have the chance because yeah. that's not always going to be the case get your 10,000 hours now yeah exactly <laughs> so what kind of music are you recording mostly there? um like the stuff I'm mixing and yeah, stuff yeah. Or, or like, I do play on other people's records too it just depends yeah, on uh, what they want it, it, yeah it tends to mostly be in the progressive okay. side you know not not always but uh you know rock progressive okay you know that umbrella but um yeah it, it kind of runs the gambit but uh it's cool to be able to to work with people from all over it's and you know thank god for the internet it's you know one day to be like mixing a record for someone in sweden and then the next day someone in colorado or whatever it's just it's very cool um i'm, I'm thankful for that and yeah it's it's a lot of fun but uh you know it, I just had a band come in a couple of weeks ago and they're, we were talking about how to categorize their music. Cause it was very difficult to it's, I mean, their, their music kind of covers a lot of ground, which is cool. Cause I've, I do so much progressive stuff that it's cool to kind of get out of that for a bit and then come back to it. And, and it's cool to, uh, for other people, I would say that to, to listen to other kinds of music too, and just get familiar with it. And cause then you can use some of that stuff in, progressive because that's what i love about progressive rock music is that you there's just no rules that's how i describe yeah, yeah. it just do whatever you want and incorporate stuff from all different styles and yeah that's kind of why i love progressive music too is like because it feels like anything i learned in music school or anywhere else it's like if i go play a country gig that if i wanted to i could totally just like put some of that into, yeah. into what i do or like it gives me excuse to maybe like oh maybe i should learn how to you know, a drummer would play a reggae groove or something just so, mm -hmm. cause you never know when you might actually have to use it. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And how was, how was, uh, the whole last two years with COVID for you? 
man i mean obviously it was different and uh a strange time but i mean it was it was kind of weird for me because like almost immediately i got like busier i got okay more stuff come in. I, I mean, I don't know if it's because they're people that were kind of locked in and had the means to be able to finally do a project they wanted to do or what, but kind of right off the bat, I was hit up by a bunch of people that needed some uh, mixing or I played guitar on a whole, whole like, I was like a death metal record actually, nice. which was kind of cool to do something different on that front. But I mean, it was not touring and all that was kind of strange and, but uh Yeah. I don't know. How was it for you? Yeah, it was it was fine. I mean, it definitely could have been worse, but as you were saying, I mean, a lot of people ended up doing um yeah. try to, you know, take time to do their own projects because they finally had the time to do that and I did some of that myself and just trying to keep myself busy more than anything else. Right. Um, yeah, and and like I was saying, you know, I can kind of do whatever I do from anywhere and I'm usually just here by myself 98% of the time anyway, so yeah, it's yeah. like on that front, nothing really changed. So that's good because yeah. obviously the performing thing is part of it. But I know people I have friends that <clears throat> make most of their money performing, and that was like, you know, uh, complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's where I, you know, I tell people it's very important to wear many hats and do many things and get many yep. streams of income and all that. Because if you yank one of those away, it's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I had kind of a similar experience. I realized like, Hey, I've got to figure out some other ways to make some money. Cause, yeah. um, otherwise if something like this happens again, which, you know, fingers crossed that it doesn't, but, um, you gotta be ready for that. And mm-hmm. the world seems so unstable right now at the moment yeah. with, with everything. It's like anything you can have that seems yeah. kind of, yeah. Anything you have that seems kind of stable is, <laughs> is preferable. I think. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you, how is it to play really difficult parts and also sing at the same time? Oh yeah, that is, <laughs> that is tricky. Um, there's, there's some things that sound difficult that aren't. And then there's these, then there's ones that just every night I'm kind of always thinking of it's coming up and I've got to like really focus. And sometimes it's just a matter of like playing it super slow and figuring out like, this syllable falls on on this beat yeah and just kind of fi- once you figure that out then it becomes muscle memory but you really have to go through that step first to kind of like cuz sometimes what what I'm doing is like between my my voice and the guitar usually it's just rhythmic rhythmically that's the the issue yeah sometimes it's like polyrhythm type weird like the way that they both land yeah. is kind of and once you figure that out then it becomes it feels a little more natural but I'm more aware that now when I'm recording like an album, I'm always thinking like, am I going to play this live? I need to think about what I play and how, what I sing and if it's going to be doable. So yeah, it's, that's always a little tricky. Yeah. And in, I think it's the stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think about, as you mentioned, like, I don't know if you're just having to sing like on the beat and you're like doing some sort of fast run, that's actually not that hard. Right. As hard as people would think, because one of those just autopilots, right? Either the singing mm-hmm. or the guitar or whatever. It's like the rhythmic stuff. I remember in one of the bands I was in, we had this thing where I was singing harmony and I was singing on on the downbeat and the first guitar hit came on the next 16th note. And it's like, like the, the idea of that doesn't sound that hard, but like 
your voice is so yeah. physically connected to your body that like you as soon as down. I started singing, yeah, so I would, I would always like play the guitar like on the downbeat, and it's like yeah, it just took me well, forever to be like okay, you know. And then on that note, there's like uh, there's some harmony parts I have that are like so odd. Though like I'm playing like the, it, I mean if you're playing the root note or whatever, that's that's not too bad. But like sometimes the harmony note I'm hitting in relation to what I'm playing on guitar is very weird because either we're doing cluster chords or yeah. sometimes we we for live sometimes we got to switch parts so that someone else can take over the lead or whatever so they're not always intuitive harmony parts so that takes a little work too yeah because you're hearing like a power chord that you're playing underneath or something and then you're singing like the ninth or what you know yeah, some sort of exactly. extension that's like really hard to yep. that's yeah, yeah. And, and usually that i cue off a lot of like I'll reference my previous note um, and use that and like let's say I need to be up uh, a fourth from that from the last note I sang so it's like in my head I kind of internalize that last note and use that as a reference because otherwise it's like you're just taking a yeah. stab at trying to hit an 11th or something it's like yeah with, with the tricky harmonies it's you gotta like when, when I've had to come across that too it's like maybe I think like on the guitar i'll play the note that i'm going to be singing later so i'll like keep it in my head you know and try to see if i can yeah. like hit it later there's all kinds of little tricks you can do when, you, when you're performing mm -hmm. um do you still get nervous when you perform <clears throat> um not usually i think there's a it's more of excitement but i mean it's definitely you still get that kind of that butterflies in the stomach sometimes, but I, I think that's more of excitement. Yeah. And I've really, even the excitement can be um, not great for you vocally, I figured out, because like if when I get excited, I tend to like Either everything tense gets up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I try to like, I mean, it's hard not, if you go out and you're playing like a big show and there's tons of people and everyone's excited and you're excited and it's like, I just got to like, you know, take it easy, breathe slow because you know, I, my voice will get tensed up and then it's hard to sing. And so staying relaxed is, is, uh, important. And I try to do that before, but, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe occasionally, maybe when we're filming, there's a little more, I don't know if it's nervous, but it's more aware of yeah. what's happening and how you only got one shot. And what was even more nerve wracking than that was when we did the Morse Fest 2020, which was live streamed, so you really only have one shot. Yeah, there's no overdubs or anything. Like yeah, that. I mean, you always have kind of the the safety net of like if you just botched one note or something, you, you could, could punch you it could in, yeah, fly it in and figure it out. But yeah, when you're live streaming, it's there's no safety net at all. Yeah, <laughs> live streaming events is weird. I did a few, and I was like, this just it just felt weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if if especially if there was no one in the audience. And it's like oh really, yeah and really you're supposed weird. to be acting like you're super into it yeah and... yeah and there's just cameras and you're like yeah <laughs> yeah but the performing thing is like i think what i tell people is like it's not necessarily that you aren't going to be nervous but it's just that you need to like harness your nerves into your performance you know and and like mm -hmm. if you can do that then actually it can kind of like give you more focus and, and help you perform even better yeah. in, in some ways because you're more aware of what's going on you know instead of just kind of like hanging out right. um and, and preparation uh plays into that oh well, yeah when you get and neil always quotes like one of his piano teachers growing up it's like i think she says like when you get on stage you lose half 
meaning like whatever you prepared, like you lose half of that yeah. or, or at least plan on that. So being over prepared and, you know, with the material that helps me, I'm always trying to be as prepared as possible beforehand. I mean, even before we get to Nashville and rehearse, like that's rehearsal is what you do together. Like yep. practice is what you do at home by yourself before you show up. Um, I mean, I, ideally when you get to a rehearsal, you should just be able to run through everything exactly. right and off the find, bat and then just hone in. The, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, and obviously in, in your situation with, with the Neil Morris, it's like, you're not going to have to worry about the other musicians playing their parts properly. Right. It's, it's more like, I don't want to be, none of us want to be like the, the one guy. Yeah, that exactly. Part. So like, that's kind of a good motivator. Too. Oh yeah. Sure. Cause yeah, I'm sitting here practicing. I'm like, well, they're going to be prepared. I, I need to be as prepared as they're yeah. yeah. going to be. Maybe like, yeah, I'm going to be playing with my partner. So I, you know, <laughs> make sure. Yeah. And ironically, he's the one that doesn't have to practice at all. Yeah. There but. you go. He seems like he's got quite the memory. Basically. Yeah. He just listens to it on the plane to wherever we're going. And then he's good. How it's How crazy. is it playing with Mike Porno? Cause I am, I was like the biggest dream theater fanboy. And I'm sure same. based on the guitar that that you play, that you were the yeah. same. So that was one of the big reasons. Like I was like, "Whoa, you auditioned for New Yeah, Orleans, but. no, it's it's amazing. And you know, there's still even after what like ten years now or whatever. It's I'll still kind of look over my shoulder every now and then. It's completely surreal, but totally, it's totally awesome. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how else to describe it except it's just he's you know still one of my favorite drummers of all time. Yep. And and you did, uh, I saw some live videos, you did the Shattered Fortress thing with him as well oh, at man. one point. Yeah, talk about reparation. With, with all the guys for Haken, from Haken too, right? Is it the mm-hmm. whole band from Haken? Uh, no, everyone but the, drummer. but the drummer, yeah. They're one of my favorite bands too, so that must have been really cool. Yeah, that was that was awesome. and I mean, A lot was, of work, I'm sure. Oh, God, yeah. At, I mean, talking about being like the Dream Theater fanboy, it's like that was the ultimate, like, I mean, I always tell people like Mike emailed me and asked if I would do it. And I immediately just wrote, yeah, like I agreed and sent it before I could even like fathom what I did. Because <laughs> You're like, I have to learn all this. If I had thought about it. I might have like tried to weasel out or something because I mean, it's like the ultimate uh, challenge as a guitarist. And then knowing that, you know, with a lot of the prog audience, most people tend to be musicians. So you, I knew I was going to have the guys in the front row that are like, let's see if he can play it as good as let's see here comes the glass prison arpeggios good luck does he he sweep them or does he alternate pick them did did you sweep them or alternate pick them um did it depend on the night no i kind of had my own i watched how he did it live and he doesn't alternate pick them live no he does like a you kind of pull off the first yeah economy it's it's like like a a combo yeah yeah it's yeah um yeah that gig required some preparation and warm-up but uh man that it made me better dude to learn all that and i always tell people they're like how do i get better as a guitar player i'm like learn other people's stuff is what i always tell them like find the guys that you look up to and go learn even if it's little bits you know because i on the cruise one year cruise to the edge i uh played a bunch of uh liquid tension experiment stuff with mike and Tony Levin, which was amazing, oh, and awesome. Diego. So that, I think that was that was before uh, Shatter Fortress. But uh, yeah, like learning Paradigm Shift and Acid Rain and all that stuff. It's like it just makes you better, yeah. and you learn different techniques and stuff that you can use in your own playing. Yep. So it was it was quite the challenge. And I always have people ask. It'd be a good a good place to say it. Like, well, how did you you know did he send you the sheet music and <laughs> like that stuff doesn't 
exist. And if it does, it's probably it's wrong. Correct. If you look at some of the tabs, I did that at first to kind of just see what was out there. And I'm like, that's incorrect. So you just got to learn it by ear. I mean, and yeah. figure out or like some sort of what's nice about the internet and stuff is a combination of things. So if I was to learn a dream theater solo, like I'd use my ear, maybe I'd look at a tab, but I wouldn't take it seriously. And then I'd watch a video too of him playing it. So you can get an idea of the fingerings. I did so much of the going on YouTube and finding videos where they were showing him. That's the other thing. You might find a video and then they're not showing him. Yeah, that's the, the worst part. <laughs> like, why aren't you? He's playing the solo. Why is the video not on the solo? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I mean, the age of YouTube, man, if I'd had that when I was learning guitar. Yeah, it's so know. nice. And the, the thing on YouTube, you can slow it down too. So, even if if you get a good video of someone playing it, it's like just slow it down. Look at it out. Because I, I have a couple tab books. Which ones? I have Scenes from Memory and Six Degrees. And they're both like the official tab books and they're just bad. <laughs> Really? Wow. I always wondered who, who puts that together. I don't know. I think they were like edited by John Petrucci, meaning he probably just like looked over them really quickly. And like some of it's okay, but there's definitely parts where I'm like, that is not like even close yeah. to how he's fingering that part. <laughs> so I always tell people like take even like actual tab books, take them with like a real grain of salt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was kind of the process too with learning some of the stuff for the Neil Morris audition too was, was cause uh, 10 years ago didn't have any of that kind of, or less of that kind of stuff anyway so my ear wasn't very good back then so i was like trying to figure it all out by ear it's really tough learning all that stuff made made my ear better like i'll i can pick stuff out faster now because i spent all that time and i like would purposely not slow stuff down yeah i mean even i'd i'd like load it into my like daw and i'd like quickly press the space bar to try to get <laughs> a couple notes like i i was trying to like make my yeah, ear yeah. better not that like slowing down is cheating or anything but you know, I was just trying to figure out, I'm always trying to get better. If, yeah. if I can, that was a cool way to, to do that. I don't know. I have no problem slowing it down if it's something like extremely fast. Cause yeah. <laughs> the thing is like, typically with that kind of stuff, there's a pattern usually right. in it. So like, if you can figure out the, the kind of overall yeah. pattern, typically it will kind of sequence its way down, you know, for the most part. But yeah. Anyway. Cool. Well, I think that's pretty much all I got. Thanks for for chatting yeah. with me it was it was super totally. fun good to, good to e meet you finally yeah yeah i don't think we actually met in person in yeah, Nashville. I don't, I meet i don't think i, I met hardly I met anyone but later and then i actually play they asked me to play for a couple of the oh, okay. auditions so i met a couple of drummers but actually i had breakfast with bill bill Huber, oh, really? who's also in because we were at the same hotel so there was a couple of us that kind of just sat and had breakfast for a while. he's a cool guy too yeah um anyway yeah well, well, thanks so much for for chatting with me. And uh, if you anyone out there, you can go check out all of Eric's stuff. Um, it's really great. So, thanks, man. All right. Bye.